we are going to find our scripture this morning uh, in the gospel according to John. The gospel according to John. Uh, we're looking at verse number, chapter number four, and I want to read for you hearing verses 28 and 29. So the gospel according to John uh, chapter number four, verses 28 and 29. And we find these words recorded. It says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She said, come see a man who told me all I did. Is this not the Christ? I want to minister a word to you this morning entitled, Got Situations. Got Situations. Jesus knows and still loves you. Got Situations. Jesus knows and still loves you. You know, I, want, I have a question I want you to ponder this morning uh, and consider. Who really knows you? Do the people closest to you really know you? Would the people you are close to still want to be bothered with you if they knew everything you ever had done? It, would they trust you if they knew every one of the lies you ever had told? Uh, how would they feel about you if they knew every impure, every nasty, every deceitful, every ungodly thought you ever thought? How would people view you if they knew the real you? If they knew the you that is behind the closed doors, the you that, that only you really know, the, the one that has the thoughts or the feelings, the anger, the frustration, the jealousy, or, or those temporary moments where, where you feel getting your feelings about something. Uh, if the people that were closest to you knew all those intimate thoughts and things about you, how would they feel? I would venture to say if people really knew everything about us, it would significantly change how they treated us and how they felt about us. So we go through extreme measures sometimes to ensure that that doesn't happen. We, we go through extreme measures sometimes to make sure people don't get to experience, to encounter, or get to see the real us. We struggle with the belief that someone could have the same information about us and still love us unconditionally. But the Lord wants to remind us of, uh, on today uh, that, that, that you are still loved in spite of all that you really are. He wants to bless somebody today to, with the revelation that he knows all of your impure thoughts. He knows the things you think that aren't pleasing. He knows the things you feel on the inside of your heart and, and, and everything that, that is ugly that you don't want the world to see. He knows it all. And guess what? He still loves you. Uh, he still loves you in spite of the truth he knows about you. Jesus knows everything that you ever have done. He knows what you're doing right now, and he even knows what you're capable of doing in the future. Yet, 
He has declared that he loves you. Not only has he declared his love for you, but he has exemplified his love for you by dying on the cross and giving up his life freely just for you. So I came by this morning to speak to somebody that got situations. You got some things going on in your life that you're not pleased with. You got some things going on in your life that you wish you could change. You got some things going on in your life that make you feel unworthy of real love. But I stopped by to let you know you got situations but Jesus knows all about them and he still loves you. I, I want you to be encouraged about that on today. You can have situations and still be loved by my Jesus. You can have some problems. You can have some things going on in your life that, that you know need to be fixed up, but Jesus will still love you. He'll meet you right where you are and then he will love all that mess out of you. He'll love you while your mind is changing. He'll love you while your heart is changing. He'll love you while he's navigating you out of those situations. He'll love you while you're trying to get over that man that's no good for you. He'll love you while that you try to get that woman out your system. He'll love you while you're trying to stop smoking that stuff or drinking those things. Uh, he'll love you right where you are. So I'm talking not to the perfect people today. I'm not talking to the saints that got it all together, but I'm come, I came this morning to speak and encourage the folks that got situations. Huh, do you have any situations? But aren't you glad that God still loves you? So we find that, that Jesus is encountering and dealing with a Samaritan woman on, on this morning. Uh, the, the, the Samaritan people occupied the country formerly belonging to the tribe of Ephraim and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The capital of the country was Samaria, formerly a large and splendid city. When the ten tribes were carried away into captivity to Assyria, the king of Assyria sent people from Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvim to inhabit Samaria. These foreigners intermarried with the Israelite population that was still in and around Samaria. These Samaritans first worshipped the idols of their nations, but being troubled with lions, they supposed it was because they had not honored the God of this territory. So a Jewish priest was sent from Assyria to instruct them on Jewish religion. They were instructed in the books of Moses, but still retained many of their idolatry beliefs because the Israelites inhabitants of Samaria had intermarried with the foreigners and adopted this idolatrous religion. Samaritans were generally considered half-breeds and were universally despised by the Jews. Now we got some background on the people and the lady, her background and, and some of her cultural issues and some of her pedigree that, that would not make her uh, a, a woman that Jesus would normally interact with. But my Bible tells me, beginning in verse number one, that Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Uh, the, the writer tells us in verse number two, though Jesus himself did not baptize uh, any of them, his disciples did. But verse three says, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee. Verse four is impactful. It said he had to go through Samaria on the way. Uh, I need you to hear me right now. Uh, the writer says Jesus had to go through Samaria 
on the way. Just reading this on the surface, we would venture to think that he had to go through Samaria because that was the only way to get to his destination. Uh, but, but if we look at the map in biblical times, we see that Judea was the, a region in southern Israel. Samaria was in central Israel and Galilee was in the north. Since Jews despised Samaritans, so they often traveled east of the Jordan River to avoid Samaria while traveling between Judea and Galilee. Uh, so Jesus didn't have to go through uh, Samaria to get to his destination. There was an alternate route that was most generally used. But because there was a specific person in Samaria that he had to meet on that particular day, uh, he had to go through Samaria. Not that he had a choice, uh, but there in something in him said, there is someone in Samaria I most must go to. And so the Bible says that there was a woman. There was a woman who needed to have a life-changing, life-transforming experience with Jesus. So he had to go through Samaria. The well that he will encounter this woman at represents refreshing, cleansing, renewal, and life. Jesus had to go through Samaria to encounter this woman and give her something that she need. Uh, 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 this is referred to as a divine appointment. Rebirth, you heard me mention that many times before and teach you about these divine appointments, these appointments that God blesses, these appointments that God orchestrates before the very foundations of the world. Uh, these divine appointments are often life-changing experiences, uh, are things that happen to you unexpectedly. Uh, you go into the situation believing one thing will transpire, but then you have a supernatural encounter with God that that blows your mind and totally transforms your life. And this was the kind of encounter that this woman was about to have. She was about to go to Samaria and have an encounter that was going to change her mind, that was going to transform her situation. And so now she finds herself encountering God in a supernatural and unique way. The Bible goes on to tell us in verse number five, eventually, uh, eventually the lady, uh, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the fields that Jacob gave to his sons, Joseph. Uh, give me one second. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tried Jesus was tired from the long walk, set wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised 
for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It is because a fresh bubbling spring... It, uh, give a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Understand, beloved, that Jesus will fellowship with you even when others don't have want to have anything to do with you. Verse 6 says, Tell us, verse, verse 6 tells us that it was about noontime when the Samaritan woman arrived at the well. It was not an accident this woman went to the well by herself at a time when most other women had already been to the well and returned home to finish all their other household duties. But because of her past situations, no one wanted to be seen with her. And if her past wasn't bad enough, this woman had some current situations that subjected her to whispers and ridicule. Uh, understand, beloved, that, that this woman had some situations going on in her life, some things that had happened in her past that made her unwanted, uh, made her a person that other folk didn't want to deal with, uh, made her a person that other people rejected and turned their nose up at. Uh, but Jesus was willing to break all cultural and social protocols to change this woman's life. Uh, Jesus was willing to go beyond what everybody else was thinking, go beyond what everybody else was saying, and he was willing to touch this woman's life in a supernatural way. Uh, understand, Jesus wants you even if nobody else wants you. Uh, Jesus wants to fellowship with you. Jesus wants to be connected to you. Jesus wants to be connected with you even if even if everybody, nobody else uh, um, doesn't want to. Uh, Jesus wants to be in relationship with you. Jesus wants to uh, commune with you. He wants to be connected to you regardless of your situations, regardless of what you have going on right now, regardless of what may transpire in your future, regardless of what your past looked like. Uh, Jesus doesn't care about your circumstances. Jesus doesn't care about your situations. Jesus doesn't care about the things that are happening in your 
life. Uh, Jesus looks at you and sees your purpose. Jesus looks at you and sees your potential. Jesus looks at you and see what he can do in and through you. And so he's not concerned about where you were and what you used to do, but he is concerned about what you are doing right now and what he can do in you right now. So Jesus will Jesus will fellowship with you even when others don't want to have anything to do with you. Uh, uh, this, this woman had things going on. This woman had situations happening in her life. Uh, but no, regardless of that, uh, Jesus still wanted to be in her life. Jesus wanted to still connect with her. Jesus wanted to still be in uh, a relationship and do something in her life that would shift her situations and her circumstances. Verse 16 says this, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. She responded in verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. I'm going to skip down to verse 27. Verse 27 then says, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Verse 28 says, then the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Understand Jesus will love. Jesus does love and Jesus has loved you even though he knows you. He knows all the stuff you have done, all the stuff you will do, and all the stuff that you are currently doing right now. Yet he still loves you. How deep is that love? You may be wondering. Uh, John 1, 1 John verse 3 and 16 says this, by this we know and have come to understand the depth and essence of his precious love that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us. His love is so deep, beloved, that it cost him his life. That's how much he loves you, that he was willing to give his life just for you. But Paul tells us this as it relates to the love of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37 and 39, the Amplified translation says this, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain our overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much he died for us. For I'm convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, and threatening nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says nothing will separate us from the love that God has for us. And we often get caught up on what God did and overlook why he did it. We get caught up on the fact that God died for us. So that does demonstrate his love, but we miss the fact that why he did it. 
Uh, he did it because he wanted us to have the life that he had ordained and purposed for us. He wanted us to have something that we could never receive without him, and that was eternal life. He gave his life that we may have life. He gave his life to express the love that he had for us to transform and to change the life that we did have to the life that he wants for us. Beloved, I just want you to know that, that God loves you. He loves you in spite of what you're dealing with. He loves you in spite of the situations happening in your life. He loves you in spite of those things that, that you have done in your past. God still loves you. He still wants you. He still desires to be a very present help in times of need. So I just want to encourage each of you today that, yes, you may have situations. Yes, you got some things that you're not proud of. Yes, you've been through some trials. You've been through some, some things that have stained your life. You have endured some hardships. You've done some things and made some bad choices that make people whisper about you, that, that have made people talk bad about you behind your back. But I want you to know that God loves you in spite of those things. Jesus knows, but Jesus still goes to where you are. Jesus is meeting you even right now as you watch me in your home or you watch me in your office or you watch me in your vehicle or, or you're going to watch me later uh, in the week or later in the day. And, and, and the spirit of the Lord will let you know that Jesus is meeting you even right there. Because he loves you. Nothing will separate you from his love. Nothing present, nothing to come. No hypes, no depths. Nothing will separate you from that love. So if you got situations, guess what? You in great company because we all got situations. But God still loved us through them. Bless you and praise God. I just want to pray right now for for each person that is connected with us and those that will. I just want to pray a blessing over your life right now because I want you to know that, that the love of God is, is freely given to each and every one of us. So if you feel unloved, if you feel like things are, are going on in your life that, that make you feel like that, how can God love me if these things are happening? I just want you to know that there is purpose in your problems and there's purpose in your pain. And that whatever you're going through right now, God is going to get the glory out of it. And he's going to make it work for your good. So I just want to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for those who got situations. Pray for those who are going through some things. I pray for those that have, are enduring some hardships and, and experienced some, some setbacks and, and have had some challenges in their lives. And, and they have some things that have scarred them and, and left them with a limp, Father God. Something that is noticeable, that people can see that, 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 that they've been through some stuff. And they may, they may not look like all that they've been through, but, but some of the stuff that they've been through have, has, is still attached to. There's some residue on their life from what they've been through. But Lord God, you love them in spite of that. You love them even with their situations. You love them even with their imperfections. You love them even with the dirt from their past. You love them even with the residue from their, their, their bad decisions and bad choices. You love them in spite of. So I want to pray right now for the one who feels unlovable. 
I want to pray for the one who feels like that they are so far away from you that you will not reach them. But I want them to, to feel the overwhelming power of your love right now, God, that you will ring in their spirit that you love them in spite of. That yes, you know what they've done and what they've been through and what they've encountered, but you still love them. Just like this woman you met at the well. Lord God, you, you knew her life and you knew her bad choices and you knew what happened in her past, yet you still wanted to interact with her. You still wanted to give her the gift of life and you still wanted her to know she was loved. So Lord, I pray for each person that's connected with me here. Pray that you will encourage and build them up. Strengthen them, Lord God. Pray for the one who's lost and doesn't know you in the pardon of their sins. I pray that they will make the decision to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are their, the Lord and Savior of this world and that they want you to be their Lord and their personal Savior as well. Pray for those that have connected and pray that you will bless them and gather throughout their week. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and we all say amen, amen, and amen.